Episode 58, Dorian. Wow. 58. 58. Yeah. I'm Bobby Navia. Oh, I'm Dorian Weinzimmer. Welcome to the couch, everybody. Yeah. Uh, This week's trailer review is... I looked up... I put X-Men into IMDb. Uh Uh-uh. You won't find it. You won't find it. Dark Phoenix. It's just called Dark Phoenix, people. Dark Phoenix. They've dropped the X-Men title. Uh, All right. Before we get into any of this... Yeah. There is a blue character in X-Men <laughs> in Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. But there's a little bit of a follow-up we got to do uh-huh. from last week's episode. Yep. Because I saw Aladdin. <laughs> Went to go see uh, it. Yep. Yes. Bobby Bobby told me this, and I was like, stop talking right now. Let's get these microphones set up. Let's get recorded. Because, yeah. So I have not yet heard Bobby's review. I am as eagerly anticipating this as you are right now, <laughs> supple listeners. Um. So... The movie is not good. Mm-hmm. It's not a good movie, but the movie suffers from being too faithful to the animated movie. Okay. It is too faithful. Um, and it seems like it's really afraid to embrace the musical side of Aladdin. Because I feel like almost all almost all the animated Disney animated movies, like they're musicals. Oh yeah. They yeah. are full on musicals. And this movie, when the music when the musical elements come in, it just feels so weird. Okay. It feels like someone was like, fuck, don't forget that <laughs> in this part, this is where that music part comes in. <laughs> yeah. So make sure you just plop it in there. Uh-huh. Right. And so like, it does feel it's like, like they wrapped for the day and then they were like, Oh shit, wait, hold yeah. on. Everyone fuck, come back, come back, come yeah. back. Yeah, Whole we, new world. Don't you guys remember? We, we have to do, do this that. thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it just feels very, um, I was as I was watching it, I'm like, I feel like somebody just put up like a pegboard of these are the beats that people will remember from Aladdin, the animated movie mm-hmm. from back in the 90s, create a story around those. Right. So the story elements don't really fit well with like the musical elements, okay. even the ones that um, even the traditional storylines that are just are in the Aladdin, the original movie, mm-hmm. you know. Like I remember in the original movie, there's a there's a whole sequence where it's kind of like the cherry on top for the audience uh, feeling what Aladdin feels right about what everybody thinks about him or whatever. And there's a there's a part where there's like a new prince that's coming in and like Aladdin, like save this little saves this kid or something. And um, Aladdin is trying to like tough, tough talk the one of the guards Mm -hmm. in this like uh, in this prince's, you know, uh, you know, group entourage. Yeah. And his entourage. And like the the guard like tells him, uh, you know, you're born a street rat. You'll always be a street rat. And like when you die, like only you'll only your fleas will mourn you. Mm. And in the animated movie, like there's been some other stuff that happened to Aladdin that this guy saying this to him, like really like gets Aladdin down. Like, this was just, like, the final blow for it. Yeah. And the direction in the animated movie is really good because as the guy, as the guard is saying it, like, the doors just, like, close on Aladdin because he's, like, walking right into the palace. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, you can't say anything, Aladdin. You can't say anything anymore. (laughs) And they do it in this scene, but it's just, like, even the guard that says it is not even, like, charismatic enough. He's just saying the line because mm-hmm. it just feels like this is the line from the animated movie. Right. So, and this is where it happens, so we just have to say it. And, like, I didn't get that. I didn't get that feeling from it. Mm-hmm. Right? It feels um, like he's just reading the words off a page. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, the... Um, 
what do you call it? Uh, the character, the actors, uh, Mina Musad is mm-hmm. the actor who plays Aladdin. And uh, Naomi Scott is who plays Jasmine. I actually really liked both of them. I okay. thought the performance was really good. They're very charismatic. They have like really great, great chemistry mm-hmm. online, uh, online uh, in the movie. But uh, the movie that is just around them, it just feels weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like one of the, it seemed like one of the common kind of criticisms that I had seen in a few reviews that I looked at of the movie was that like also they're you know the Aladdin and Jasmine kind of aren't given enough time to become the characters that we know and love mm-hmm. from the original because like once it's basically like just a rush to get Will Smith into the movie. Yeah. And then just like let him run things right. until like the last third of the movie where he's no, you know, he's been kidnapped by Jafar or whatever. Oh yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then he's kind of absent. Mm-hmm. But at that point it's like, they have to like wrap up all the plot threads. So exactly. it's still like, you know, you're not. So yeah, there were some people who were like, I don't, they were like, I'm, I'm not, this isn't my Aladdin and my Jasmine. Right. But they were like, I don't think that's the actor's fault, though. I don't think they were given a chance to become Aladdin and Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because they were just like, ah, we got Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Check him out. <laughs> and like, like their, I think their chemistry is what kind of, you know, I agree with, you know, the, the reviews that you're talking about. They don't have enough time to become those characters. Mm-hmm. But their chemistry together is just so, like, electric. Sure. That it's like... You can tell there's something there. There's yeah. something there. So, like, for me, it's enough for me to be like, okay, like, you, I could actually genuinely see you guys, like, falling in love with each other as these characters, you mm. know? And, um, you know, Aladdin has a nice back and forth, you know, with her, uh, with with Jasmine and stuff. And um, I actually really liked the character who played Jafar. He's a lot mm. more of, like, a politician okay. in this movie. <laughs> There's like this political. There's there's like hints of an actual story in this movie. Uh oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh okay, where are we gonna go with this? Because yeah. this was never in the original. About the politics of Agrabah. <laughs> yeah, right. That like basically. Um, Man, that sounds like dangerous territory for <laughs> Disney to be <laughs> dipping its toes in. I mean, they got enough issues with. But like Jafar's whole thing is that he wants to go to war with like a neighboring like town or uh-huh. a neighboring like area. But the neighboring town is actually because uh, Jasmine's you know, Jasmine's mother is is gone as passed away like she's she's not in the she wasn't in the original either mm-hmm. but um the neighboring town he wants to invade is the town where the mother was from mm-hmm. right so they don't really explore that much other than this is like uh, you know the archetype that jafar is like he wants complete power so he wants to conquer lands yeah so this is what he believes is his idea of like a sultan and a ruler is to have control over everything whereas in the animated movie it just seemed like jafar wanted to control Agrabah and be the sultan yeah like that's it right right so so there's that you know that there's that piece of it that i don't know how you get a little bit more into it and still make it a kids movie Mm -hmm. but i was like okay this is a different that little bit of you know story was enough for me to believe like the actor that was playing him because uh he's a lot more soft spoken he's got like a bit more of a softer voice okay and he doesn't like do the thing where he's like he's he isn't as commanding as like the animated voice actor that uh-huh. did Jafar, um, and then uh, <clears throat> there's this whole thing about Jasmine uh, wanting to be the next Sultan, right? Yeah, um, I heard about. And that was really cool, and I think they really shoot themselves in the foot with that storyline with the new song yeah. that they make for her because literally it's a showstopper in that they stop an actual scene for her to sing this song okay and then they go back to the dialogue uh-huh which 
So it's like she just had this moment and like yeah. in the middle of like this other conversation happening. And it's a heightened moment. She's being mm-hmm. arrested. Her dad is being arrested. Like yeah. Jafar is, you know, taking over and she's being taken away. And then like all the guards disappear and she starts singing the song and it's about how she won't be silenced. And like, it's a fine song, but I'm like, you didn't need the song to cement her as a character wanting to become sultan and it never happening there's mm-hmm. never been a female ruler yeah right because by the end of it when everybody's defeated like the father goes you know there's never been a female you know uh, sultan but me seeing how you've handled all of this like i'd be happy for you to like secede me mm-hmm. and as sultan you can change the rules and you know marry aladdin yeah right like that was enough like that was you didn't need to have this song and the song is really bad it's a really bad song. <laughs> it's not good at all. Yeah, um, and it's just awkward. I it, heard it feels it feels very shoehorned in. It's like, so hey shoehorned guys, in, yeah. we need a female empowerment yes. uh, message in this movie. Yeah. So let's do this. Yeah, and I mean, I know that might sound weird coming from like a guy saying yeah. that I feel like it's bad, but I feel like there was a there was enough of a good story well, so- of Jasmine wanting to be the first Sultan there that you could have explored that a little bit more on just right. like a dialogue level, a character level. And, you know, had that moment. Yeah, like still. like any character story element, there are good ways and bad ways to yeah. implement it. You know, even if your intentions are good, uh, it can still be a bad female empowerment moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. And um, and especially, like, you know, I mean, that that's always been one of my big issues with musical is that, like, they don't, they don't bring you to a conclusion. They just sing a song at you that tells you what you're supposed to feel right now. Right. You know, and especially with something as like, you know, uh, uh, incendiary right now as, you know, sort of inclusion and, you know, uh, uh, gender equality and things like that. It's like Mm -hmm. to have something like this, that seems like you're just throwing it in as a cash in, you know, because that's what people want to see. And they're just going to hear, Oh, there's this female empowerment song. And then they go see the movie and they're like, this has nothing to do with the film, you know. Right, this was exactly. just so you could check off a box yeah, yeah, yeah. and get my money, which you did. So fuck you, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> That's a bad way of going about it. Right, I think pretty exactly. objectively, male or female perspective. Yeah, you know? no, 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 I agree. Um, you know, I prefer the route that, like, say, Corley Fairgood took in Revenge. Uh, yeah. I think is an excellent female empowerment <laughs> movie, but I'll get lambasted for that because that's you know. They're gonna be like, oh, so what? A woman has to suffer like sexual trauma before she can become empowered, and it's like, ah, no, but <laughs> this one did. You know? Yeah, I right. don't know. <laughs> um, that was a good. Movie. Will Smith as the genie ha- is—he's uh, fine. Yeah, but you know, uh, the moment you start kind of like uh, the I th- what's really weird in the movie is his, it, it doesn't ever seem like they came up with a um, like a model for how his like body should look. Okay. So like it always seems like the, the body scene, scene it's kind of yeah it's yeah. like it changes a little bit and I think that's what makes him look weird being blue is that like the head does his head doesn't really ever look like it's supposed to be with his body mm-hmm. you know it doesn't really match that well and I think they try to do it by like if the body's a little bigger maybe the head becomes a bit more rounder but it's just like but then it's not Will Smith's head you've just like put his eyes and his nose and his mouth on right and it just this part of the face yeah and it just looks weird like it's not fashioned you know correctly to his face you know or is like you know his just how he looks like muscle wise you Mm -hmm. know and um and then there's other times where it's like oh well that actually looks pretty good i mean it looks very accurate for the world we're in do you know what i mean but (laughs) other than that it's just um i actually really liked uh, jafar does turn into a genie at the end of the movie okay 
Um, I thought his design was way better. Oh, yeah? He looked cool. Oh, nice. He looked just menacing, and just everything looked like it fit right, and he was big and red, and it was only for a couple seconds, but even, even you know, the um, I don't know what the actor's name is, but even the face of the actor on the bigger body, like, looked better mm-hmm. than anything that they had done with, like, Will Smith's, oh, okay. you know, uh, blueness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really, yeah. The blueification. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a... Uh, on Twitter, everybody, it seems like everybody's like middle of the ground with the movie. Yeah. It's either like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, and yeah, this movie's not good. Yeah. So but it doesn't sound like it's, you know, it's not a Jupiter ascending, like, you know, no, it's s- not s- terrible in some significant or entertaining way. It's no. just sort of one of those, like, it's fine. It's just nobody asked for this. You yeah. Know? And like, yeah. But yeah. So bummer of a movie. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a fan. I'm glad I got to see it though. I'm glad I got to see it in IMAX. Yeah. Um, so it was fine. See the blueness as big as possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, at this point, IMAX is becoming just, you know, for better or worse, it's becoming sort of like the (laughs) dumping ground. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like to watch a movie, if it's going to be an IMAX, it might be the best possible way to watch it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Uh, and you know, well, Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, we got to go. We got to do Hobbs and Shaw in IMAX. We have to. We have to do Hobbs and Shaw. That is the definition of a Bubba Gump movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be cool. Yeah. It'll be something all right. <laughs> it will. Hannah's in. Rock and, and Statham. And I mean, I'm in too. Yeah. Hannah's just going to be like melting in her seat the entire movie. Yeah. If, especially if like Momoa has a cameo or something. Whoa. If he just shows up for a moment. Momoa needs to show up in one of these movies. Yeah. He needs to show up in, in a Hobbs and Shaw movie. Yeah. Is what it is. What it is. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to get into this? Uh, Dark Phoenix? It's not X-Men movie? It's not. <laughs> I thought it was an X-Men movie. I mean, it looks like it has a lot of the trappings of the X-Men franchise, but uh, yeah. apparently it's not because uh, it doesn't say X-Men anywhere. It just says Dark Phoenix. There's a circle around the X in Phoenix. That's the hint. So, that's the wink to the audience. Yeah. I feel like that's just how they're getting around copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is an official property, you guys. I think they, I think they tricked everyone. And showing up, they're like Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's legit. It's He's legit. There, man. Yeah. yeah, Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Um, Eric, right? Derek. <laughs> Eric. Yeah, Eric. That's right. Eric. Got it. I read an article. Uh, well, you've seen X Men First Class. Yes, I saw First Class, and I did see Days of Future, Future Past. Past. Uh, okay, but I did not see, see Apocalypse. Uh, Apocalypto. Apocalypto. Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. I did see Apocalypto. I did see Apocalypse yeah, too. I like that movie. It's a good movie. But I did not see X Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I read an interview. Well, Rocket Man comes out this weekend. Oh yeah. And I did not know that Matthew Vaughn is actually a producer on Rocket Man. Oh okay. Matthew Vaughn, who who wrote and directed, co-wrote and directed um, X Men First Class. Yeah. And so he actually had a trilogy set up for his X Men series, mm-hmm. and it would his would have ended with uh, Days of Future Past. Okay. So his idea was to do X Men First Class and then do a somewhat of like a young X uh, uh, a young like Wolverine movie that was like set in like the seventies or something. Okay. And he wanted to re- he he wanted to recast Wolverine with uh, like Tom Hardy. Hmm. Uh, Tom Hardy was was the actor. He said that Fine he wanted that. to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he would and then the third movie would be bringing everybody Patrick Stewart Ian McKellen all in for Days of Future Past and that was his you know. That was his thing. Sure. And so um, 
and he had done he he was talking about this on like a, a press run for Rocket Man because somebody was asking him about the movie, and he was just like, yeah. He goes, I pitched this whole thing, and then like the studio was like, oh man, we got to do Days of Future Past next, and he's like, no, you're not <laughs> listening to me. Yeah. Like, and he goes, he goes, and this is the problem with like these producers and the studios is like they're going a thousand miles a minute and they don't know how to pace themselves because mm-hmm. they just want the next big thing yeah. to be the biggest thing. And then they're surprised when the ideas have run out and the movies are not, the third one is not doing great. Right. Or the fourth one is not doing great. Right. He goes, so that's essentially why I left yeah. after first hopefully, class. Hopefully Endgame is a little bit of a lesson for some of these people. Yeah. Like they had, they built up to that, yes. you know, like, yeah, yeah, they made a lot of big money movies mm-hmm. that led up to it. But then this, to get their like, record-breaking cash cow right you know that took 22 films yes because i remember when the second avengers movie was coming out when we didn't know who the villain was going to be everyone was like it's got to be thanos thanos is coming it's Mm going to be avengers 2 and then it was like age of ultron like which was fine yeah but then like you know and probably that movie is not like the most popular avengers movie like Mm. people had some problems like with it yeah but it ends up being the most influential movie on the back end to like Endgame, like okay. there's so many references that cement that movie as like part of this universe. Like mm-hmm. you need that movie to make this movie work, um, character wise. It's not like action beat wise or anything like that. It's it's stuff that characters say to each other in Age of Ultron and the consequences in that movie that you know impact the characters mm-hmm. in their final movie. Okay, you know, some of them. So, but um, but anyway, so yeah, so this X Men. Excuse me, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna make this mistake a lot, people. So deal with it. Yeah. Um, Dark Phoenix is set to like uh, close out this, you know, giant prequel series that started with X Men First Class. Okay. So, um, and now that I think the last time we talked X Men, anything X Men was when we reviewed De- Deadpool. Yeah, that sounds way, about right. Way, yeah. way back in the day, because that's when there was rumblings of Disney buying Fox. Oh yes. And now yeah. that we're doing this episode. It's official. Yeah, it's, it's done. done deal. Yeah, yeah. They've they've integrated and everything, and so um, so this movie was supposed to come out February fourteenth. Oh, it was of last year. Oh, of last year. Yes. Wow. Yes. I did not realize. So it has been done, I guess, since then. Um, no and shit. And then it's been. I think it's been because of this Disney merger that it keeps. It, it kept getting pushed back. Okay. Because I think it was supposed to. It was like February. I think it jumped from February and then to June to with the day with the date its release is June seventh. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, um, and I think the other one is like that New Mutants movie that who knows when the hell that oh yeah come that's out. been that's been yeah, yeah forever just shelved, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, uh, all right. First impressions. What do you think of the? How many? Tra- did you watch all the trailers? Or I, did you watch I watched one? two. You watched two. There are two trailers I saw on the okay. Fox like YouTube channel on the. I have the uh, that trailer app on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's three. Okay. There. Um, uh, the first trailer is atrocious. I'll oh say yeah, that's that got the. The first one is just like the first one is like. Have you ever gone to like a concert where the band just like comes out playing what should be their closer? Okay. Like at the beginning of the show. Okay. And then they spend the entire show trying <laughs> to have like climaxes <laughs> that top that. <laughs> 
and it just becomes like a mess. Okay. That's the whole first trailer for this movie. Okay. It's just like, oh man, Gene's pretty pissed. And like, there's no plot whatsoever. It's just like, Gene's pissed and a bunch of people going like, we got to kill her. Ah, but it's Gene. Yeah. And then she comes in and does some <laughs> fucked up shit. And then there's like another situation where they're like, man, we got to get rid of this bitch. And they're like, ah, but it's Gene. Ah, and then she fucks everyone up. And yeah. It just, it happens like six times. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're all like chained up in a truck. Or on like a train or something, and then she's like lifting the, the train that's up. That's the second the trailer. But that was the first one I watched. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it, so, so did you wait? Did you watch the teaser and then that one? Because I, th- I don't think I saw the teaser. Then. You didn't see the yeah. teaser then. So the one that you watched, you probably watched two and three. Yeah, I must have. Yeah, and the, I watched the, one and two. The other one I watched was the final trailer. Yes. Which okay. Is the more recent. So, one. Yeah. You watched trailer two and trailer three. I okay. watched the teaser, and uh, the one you're talking about with the train. Yeah, that one sucks. Okay. So trailer two, yeah, horrible, <laughs> horrible trailer. Uh huh. I mean, just it's just so supremely uninteresting. It's basically like, I mean, that trailer was just made for like people who have been clamoring for a Dark Phoenix movie. Yeah. You know, it's like all that trailer is is like you wanted Dark Phoenix, boom, you got it. Here we go. You know, and that's right. it. We don't care about bringing anyone into this. Mm-hmm. You know, it does nothing to even try to explain. It's like literally the trailer starts and she's like killing Mystique. And she's oh, like, why yeah. is this happening? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> um, but then it, the final trailer was a lot better. I, okay. I mean, I still don't think the movie looks good, but okay. um, it was a much better trailer in terms of like, what's happening? How did we get here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> help, you know, bring me into the movie. Make me interested. Right. right. Don't assume yeah. that I'm interested just because it's, you know, not X Men Dark Phoenix. Mm hmm. <laughs> I really like uh, I liked I liked the second trailer, which is the first one you watched, the one with the train. Yeah. More than the teaser mm-hmm. uh, trailer that came out. Um, What's the teaser got going on? The teaser is more of her as like a little girl. Okay. And you get the um, you get the idea uh, that she kind of discovers this. This is the weird thing about like these movies is that in Apocalypse, at the end of Apocalypse, we're meant to believe that this like Phoenix character or this like extra element of her power is already in her. Okay. Okay. Because uh, this is how like they defeat spoiler alert uh, apocalypse at the end of the movie is, you know, she, she seems to come fully into her powers mm-hmm. and uses her powers to basically like rip him apart. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> and it's something that apparently like in X-Men, the last stand, uh, it's something that like Charles has been sort of like, you know, tempering with her a little bit. Cause I remember, did you see the last stand? Uh, yeah, I did. Right. Right. Yeah, so it was like, in, it was like in that movie that when like, cause like Jean dies in, uh, X two and then in X three, she comes back, but as like the Phoenix mm-hmm. or whatever. And like in that movie, it, it was said that, uh, professor X knew about this, you know, other personality that she had and was set up sort of like roadblocks in her mind to block out that mm-hmm. that that creature or whatever it was, right? So in Apocalypse, he doesn't so much say that he does that, but like it's clear that Xavier is aware of, you know, this this stronger element of her powers, but is trying to get her to gradually grow into it to control it and not just like let it out fully. Mm-hmm. So whereas by the end of the movie he just tells her like let it out. Uh-huh. Right. You know, everything I told you, for, forget, forget it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Cross the streams. Pretty much. Yeah. And so... Um, I thought said never cross the streams. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, like, in this movie, in, like, the first couple trailers, 
it's you know it still seems like it's something that's a part of her mm-hmm. that's being like let out again and it's only till we get to that last trailer that you watch where we realize like okay there's a space element to it you know yeah um you know which that was like the most in- interesting part yeah. of the whole i was like i would watch a whole movie of them going on space rescue missions actually like yeah and i mean the, that's uh, pretty cool <laughs> did you ever watch the x-men animated show in yeah. the 90s yeah. Oh, yeah so like that whole that whole they have like a whole, I think, like five part episode of like yeah. The that Dark whole Phoenix. bit seemed really familiar. I was like, I yeah. definitely remember this yes. story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it is that they go to save like some astronauts, and you know, Jean uh, is actually the one in the cartoon that I don't know how they. I don't know if there's like two two ships or two you know shuttles, but um, there's there's the one shuttle that they need to fly back in because in the cartoon, they don't go up in the X jet. They go up in a NASA shuttle. Okay. And something happens. They save everybody. And, um, the ship that Gene has to fly down, fly back to earth. Um, she tells everybody like, I'll put myself in like a psychic sort of like cocoon to protect myself. But as she reenters, it's that energy Whatever, whatever's in space that, you know, awakens that Phoenix character. Yeah. And um, what ends up happening in the cartoon is there's this alien race called the Shi'ar that come to Earth and say, like, we recognize this signature that that was in space and we're, like, arresting Jean Grey because <clears throat> she's too much of a powerful entity. Oh, I don't remember that. Like, in the universe. Yeah. Like, it was fucking bonkers, but it was awesome. You know, so she actually, had that, the X-Men actually have to go to space to have, like, a space trial yeah because this alien race wants to like <laughs> put gene in jail awesome. it was really cool and i'm like damn dude i hope they ever i this would be awesome if they did it in, in a movie what a, yeah if the last 30 minutes of dark <laughs> phoenix is just like a courtroom drama uh, I would, like intergly i would be way down to go see this yeah movie. That would be I, awesome. right now i have zero interest oh of course if if you go and see it because i know you will oh yeah but and come back and tell me like dude the last 30 <laughs> minutes is like straight up like anatomy of a murder yeah. or like philadelphia or something <laughs> I'd be like, I, you know what? Let's go. Atticus Finch Let's just go. walked yeah, out. Right. And I was like, holy shit, dude. It's space Atticus Finch. <laughs> dude, there's a CGI Gregory Peck. Yeah. <laughs> they brought him back. Yeah. Yeah. You know how they did that Tupac hologram a couple mm-hmm. years ago? Just boom. He plays her defense attorney. It's brilliant. Done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I agree with you. I liked. Uh, I did like the final trailer mainly because they brought in the space element. Yeah, it just seemed like a movie. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a, a movie that's not just like a franchise entry that like, hey, you know, we just made the, we know we'll make our 200 million back just yeah. on people that are invested, you know, so we don't have to market to anybody else. Right, right. This just felt like, no, I mean, this is actually cool. Mm-hmm. This scene, and I, you know, it, for me as, you know, because uh, I did read X-Men when I was younger. Okay. I was, I was, that was kind of my favorite comic book series when I was uh, like, I don't know, 10, 11, whatever. Yeah. Wolverine in particular, but. I think every like eleven year old boy is in love with Wolverine, but um, so I dug X Men, read a lot of the comics, and yeah, watched the cartoon and shit. And um, so I have a little bit more of a connection to X Men than a lot of other uh, you know comic superhero characters. All right, and uh, I I do like also that just the beginning of this seems like it just comes from like just an X Men episode yeah. mission, you know, just like hey. We're going on a space mission today. Yeah, right. You know, that's just like today. And then like some crazy shit results from that. It's mm-hmm. not like 
you know, right off the bat, we're dealing with this giant, you know, like, oh, we're trying to abolish, like, or, you know, we came up with a drug to get rid of mutantism or whatever. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just come in. It just comes in like more like a James Bond movie where it's like, we're just on a mission. It doesn't feel political. Yeah. Yeah. And I dig that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a a much for X-Men and for like a comic book movie as well. Like, I like that kind of approach a lot better that it's just sort of, you know, it's like a Star Trek episode or something uh, in a way that. It's like this is yeah this is like the three part you know finale yeah. of like a season of Star Trek the Next Generation <laughs> right, or something right, right. Yeah. Like, and yeah that that's a, a bit more appealing so I shouldn't say I have zero interest in this movie yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like one interest in this movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but so I do you know so that I thought was just much more compelling because like you know I watched that other trailer first and I was just yeah. like Jesus Christ like <laughs> this is just loud yeah it's just like eleven you know from the start it's, right. it is that that trailer is the Spinal Tap logic of like turn it to eleven yeah. instead of just making ten louder you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's like but it's eleven so you know uh, so it was kind of like a breath of fresh air when I went to turn on the next trailer it's like. <sighs> You turn the volume down a little bit, you know, and then it like it started with just like people talking. I was like, oh, here we go. Hey, dialogue. What do you know? There we go. A setup. (laughs) Don't tell me. Yeah. (laughs) So. um, So, yeah, much, you know, much better trailer. It's still, you know, by the end kind of devolves into just noise and explosions. But it is a two hundred million dollar movie. So at the end of the day, they've got to let you know, like, hey, look, there will be noise and explosions. So, you know, still show up. Uh, there are some shots that are in both the trailers that I, I really like of, uh, um, I, I don't think I knew who Sophie Turner was when she was in X-Men Apocalypse. Cause I think that's where Jean Grey is introduced. Okay. Yeah. She, she wasn't in Days of Future Past. Game of Thrones royalty. Right. Yeah. So I didn't know who she was in relation to Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. but like now I do. And so, um, I really like her as Jean. I yeah. just like some of her looks. I like how she's acting in the in the trailer she's good on game of thrones i get yeah. a, i get a definite i get a definite definition of like here's jean gray here's this entity that we're calling the phoenix in her um much like i guess how like michael fassbender kind of acts like you can just sort of see the wheels turning in his head like when he goes maybe from like good to bad or mm-hmm. not even necessarily in the x-men series but just in other movies where he's been like phenomenal in yeah and so I like uh, I like her in this movie, and I like that she's sort of you know center stage. Mm-hmm. And so um, the other wild card is uh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah, I, so I was curious to ask you a little like, is it known like who her character is? Is that no. thing? okay? Because yeah. I was gonna say it seems like because it seems like she might just be in Sophie Turner's head, like she's like a representation of right. this power that's inside of her. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, you know, there's a little bit of a sixth sense thing going on where it's like, you know, every time you see them in the trailer, it's only the two of them. Only, yeah, right. So it's kind of like, uh, so is she just, is she Phoenix or something? You yeah, know? right. Exactly. They're they're just think, finding a way to, like, externalize this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. inner conflict. You I know? feel like that's the general consensus yeah. as to who her character might be. When I first heard that she got cast, I was like. Because the Shi'ar Empress, her name is Lalandra. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope she's fucking... <laughs> I was like, I was so excited. To awesome. Yeah, I was just like, alien... Could pr- still go there. Could still go there. Yeah. I was just like, alien princess, you know? I'm down with this, you know? She got some white-ass hair. And eyebrows. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think the general consensus is that she just might be like figment of mm-hmm. her imagination or just a, like you said, a physical representation. Yeah, that's what it just... When I just watched the trailer immediately, that's what it read like. Yeah. And also it was... 
with her and Sophie Turner sitting at the bar, like talking, or they're sitting at some sort of countertop. Yeah, you know, but it seems like a bar. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah, yeah. It just also made me think of like The Shining. Oh, you know, when he's talking oh, to like Delbert yeah, Grady, right. like yeah, you know, they're yeah. not sitting next to you, but still, it just like I was already kind of thinking like, oh, she's a figment of her imagination. I'm like, oh, and they're sitting at a bar. This is like straight out of you know The Shining. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> talking um, to your inner demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I hope that she's something more than that in in the movie. That she's an actual, you know, I I kind of hope that Jessica Chastain's character is like from space as well, mm-hmm. like, and it's not just that for Sophie Turner is not just like a physical representation of what's inside of her head. Yeah. Um, Cause not that you can just kind of get like anybody to do that, but I don't know. I like seeing Jessica Chastain in movies. She's really great. Yeah. I mean, so I really just hope that there's a little bit of meat on them bones for her to mm-hmm. do something with. Yeah. Right. You know, and she so doesn't just show up and be cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she doesn't show up in question any question is, who are you? <laughs> you know, say shit like to answer questions with questions. Fuck you. Oh yeah. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah she doesn't show up in the trailer in a lot of like the action sequences so I kind of wonder if she's you know how much of the movie she's in or if it's just being saved for something bigger she she makes the room dissolve she does around whether that's just a vision I mean you know she's psychic it's like yeah yeah, that could be all sorts of there's a hundred ways to explain that one away you know but yeah um, but yeah and then that seems to take her into space so it seems and they showed that in both trailers that yeah. exact scene so it's like i wonder if they're trying to make this connection between her right. and space yeah yeah oh yeah that's uh, true yeah you know, which i mean yeah it seems she's no matter what she's related to this entity that gets absorbed mm-hmm. into jean gray that seems like a right yeah axiomatic but um i wanted to show you i know you can't i'll have to post it but i wanted to show you this this picture, like Grant Morrison wrote an X-Men comic mm-hmm. way back in the day. Nice. But this was the art for it. So that's where the costumes... When I first saw those costumes, oh, yeah, no, I was like, this is a direct... That's very Grant Morrison-esque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're basically like punk rock version exactly. of X-Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are awesome. They really look cool, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, they don't look like that in the movie. No, they don't. <laughs> so. Yeah, they don't. They'd done something like that. That'd be fucking really cool. Yeah, but. yeah. Like Beast has like a jacket or whatever, and yeah, it's really it's really pretty neat. Nice. Um. Anyways, yeah. So um. It's like yeah, soccer hooligan X Men. <laughs> oh, that'd be really cool. Um, Jason Statham definitely has to have. Oh yeah. A role as a, you know what Jason Statham is fucking Wolverine. Oh man. Let's like All day. fuck the hair, fuck Oi. the fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck the mutton chops. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like full on Cockney Wolverine. Just yes, would be sick. Yeah. I like how that. this podcast is just turning into what can we put Jason Statham in? Yeah. And so far, I have not been disappointed. Yeah. No, no. I, I don't think there's there might not be a bad role for Jason Statham. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Except for, you know, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this movie is written and directed by Simon Kinberg yes that's right so this is his first this is directorial debut which I kind of feel bummed about yeah he directed an episode of Twilight Zone uh, a new one oh did he really oh I didn't know that yeah I saw that those are the only I think he had like there was a third thing listed under his director credits on IMDb, but it seemed like either uh, like a short film or something. I don't remember. Okay. It seemed insignificant, though. All right. Um, but then, yeah, one episode of Twilight Zone, which he was also uh, credited as creator. On, oh. Which is like, I'm pretty sure that's, you know, 
Oh yeah, this other Rod movie. Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this other movie he's doing is called Three Fifty Five. It's an action thriller. It's in pre-production. Uh, a spy thriller movie with a diverse female cast playing international agents. Uh, all right. So as so, a as a writer, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I've, he's got a ton of credits as writer and producer, right? Yeah, I've I've kind of known about Simon Kinberg for a while. So every time I see his name somewhere, I'm I I genuinely get excited because mm-hmm. um, I feel like he's a really good um, writer. Um, he's done a lot with the X Men series, but like it looks like the first first big credit would be the sequel to Triple X, which was Triple oh. X State of the Union with Ice Cube. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, it looks like his first X-Men movie was The Last Stand. Okay. Yikes. Uh, yeah. You're a rocky start. I'm going to assume <laughs> that he wrote that based with, you know, Brian Singer supposedly coming back. Yeah. So. Yo, I wrote Triple X 2 and X-Men 3. Yeah. Uh, you and shouldn't then, tell uh, people that. <laughs> and then um, I'm sure maybe some of these are co-credited, but it, it just says screen, screenplay by. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jumper. Sherlock Holmes, This Means War, and then Days of Future Past. Um, he's credited for writing the Josh Trank Fantastic Four, uh, X-Men Apocalypse, and then he is a creator, I'm sure, with Dave Filoni on Star Wars Rebels. Oh, yeah. Which is right. a really great fucking animated show. And then, yeah, Twilight Zone. And then he pretty much has a producer credit on anything X-Men. Yeah. So Legion, The Gifted, Deadpool, Logan. Excuse me. He's like the Michael Uslan yes, of X-Men. That's yeah. a good yeah, Michael Uslan being the Batman producer. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, anything now I'm sure like Disney and stuff like that, he's uh he's been a producer on. So so yeah, I genuinely get excited to see him. So I think that's my yeah. only I think it's really it's the only reason for oh sorry, no finish what you're saying. I was gonna say I think that's why I'm just uh, really excited for this movie mm-hmm. is because I want to see what he does with it. Yeah. Uh, knowing that he's been with the franchise for so long and he really seems to know the characters. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see like what the writer of these characters does now directing, yeah. you know, the full movie. God, just how fucking crazy is that? That like your first film is a $200 million movie. Yeah. It's like first time in the director's chair. I mean, he's been producing these things. I'm sure this is like, you know, in some ways, like franchise movies are a little bit like, you know, how television works, where it's like the producers in a lot of ways are really the ones kind of running the show. Right. You know? right. And like sometimes, yeah, you get like uh, like Chris Nolan doing Batman movies where it's like those are. Oh, yeah. Those are very much Christopher Nolan movies, yes. you know. Uh, but um, but, you know, something like this, especially, yeah, with, you know, how many different directors they've had throughout, you know, this whole franchise and how many ups and downs and turns it's had throughout its life mm-hmm. uh, lifespan. Um uh, you know, he's been there for all of them. You yeah. Know? So he's arguably the most experienced, you know, person of anyone involved with like the X-Men movies. Yeah. No, he's been writing true. and producing them for so long. So, right. you know, yeah, it's not like this is, oh, just, you know, he just walked out of film school and onto a $200 million <laughs> movie set or something. It's right. not like that, of course. But still, it's just like, but really, like the first time that you're really in charge of all this shit, you know, as the director, yeah, is uh, is wild. But yeah, for it makes a little more sense though it being franchise because he's probably all the decisions he's making throughout the course of directing this film, he's probably made on these films at one point or another throughout the history right. of making these films. Yeah, you know? yeah. So he's probably been involved in the sound mixes and making <laughs> those types of decisions and 
working with VFX and, you know, having to produce, you know, those types of shoots and shit, you know, big VFX shoots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Producing that stuff is probably pretty close to directing them, you know, yeah. aside from just saying, like, yeah, that cloud of smoke looks better than that cloud of smoke, so let's go with that one, mm -hmm. you know. Um, that's an oversimplification, but still, I'm sure on these bigger budget movies. Oh, it happens. It's a little bit more like, you know, yeah, it's... It's like pulling up to McDonald's. Like, all right, do you want ex do you want you know explosion one, explosion <laughs> two, explosion three? Yeah, yeah. Like, which which value meal are you in? Are you in store for today? Right. There's only like four types of explosions. <laughs> so, oh shit. Yeah, but yeah, still. Um, so I'm you know I'm I'm curious how that pans out. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because it seems like it could go either way. Either, yeah, he's just sort of been chomping at the bit, like, mm -hmm. waiting to do this because he's so ready to do it. Right. Um, or it's just one of those, like, really bad decisions. <laughs> 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 You're like, oh, we should have gotten an experienced director, huh? <laughs> You're like, yeah. Yeah, I, it turns out an experienced director can do some things for you. <laughs> I feel like I followed, when the movie was like in production and everything, I feel like I followed it pretty closely. Mm -hmm. And I, I never read anything about there being like any problems or, you know, sure. we're needed to do this because, and and I, I think it's because of the, you know, points that you that you made about him being a producer and on all of these movies. Yeah. And also a writer and then, you know, having to just be in those rooms to make those, to be a part of those decisions. Yeah. Right. right. So now to be in full, full command of, you know, the ship, so to speak, you know, uh, I'm sure producing it is very, is very easy. It's like, oh, well, you know, we can do this and I know we can do this and, you know, get away with this or, or that right. or whatever. So, um, but I feel like bummed out for the guy that his first real go out has been pushed back so much, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it was really, really writing the, the high end of, you know, like the guy who's written all of them is now about to direct one. And now, you know, nobody is really excited about this movie. Anything that I read about it, yeah. it's just very, Hey, it's coming out. Right. Cool. Well, especially you know, right after Endgame also seems just sort yeah. of like everyone's kind of in that, like, you know, like post meal, yeah. you know, itis. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got that itis right yeah. now. Yeah. No, I don't want to go back Superhero in the pool. Itis. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I kind of hope that it's that when it comes out, it's better than you know. I feel like everyone's expectations is incredibly low. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it. I hope it will like deliver a little bit more than you know everybody's low expectations. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, and I'm almost you know who knows now that Fox is part of Disney. You know, uh, they are now even their even their marketing for this movie, which has been horrible across the board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is now being, you know, re reworked for it for this to be like the last X-Men movie. OK. You know, um, so this is like the end uh, until Disney decides to do something with the property completely. Okay. Gotcha. But in terms of like Fox produced X-Men movies with these actors i would assume as these characters like this is it okay you know gotcha uh so so that seems about ready yeah 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 I'm so sure that's, that's why fine. i'm kind of like <laughs> you know i'm still holding a candle yeah I'm hoping like, it goes out with a bang instead of a whimper just, just finish yeah. strong that's it just yeah. you know uh so yeah so we'll see what happens with that but um so this leads me to my next question could be a final one could not be yeah but uh now that this movie seems to be the end if disney in five or ten years or whatever decides to do something with the property who would you like to see direct an x-men movie mm. well shit i mean let's face it it's gonna be like two years 
Yeah. They're going <laughs> to yeah. be like, yo, there's money to be made here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll probably depend on this. I mean, if this movie does That's well, yeah. then they'll probably be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get, let's get it on. Right, right. Um, God, let's see. X-Men. Because I like the idea of treating... Because, again, my with my complaint mm-hmm. about... Um, you know, first class was like, I, you know, I only care about these two characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's this whole other thing happening that involves all these other characters, and I'm supposed to care about that. Right. Like, they need a good ensemble director. Oh, That's okay. what X-Men right. needs. It okay. needs to be treated like an ensemble movie. Yeah. Not the Eric and Charles show with Plus seven other guys. people. Yeah. yeah. It, it really needs to be like... Some you know director who can handle you know like ten characters. So what you're saying is Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's who you want. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, obviously Tarantino is amazing with ensemble casts. Yes. He's really really good at you know being able to control the egos, you know, and like you know make the characters all individuals mm-hmm. as well, and like not feel like he's you know, sub- but not feel like he's subsuming an- anybody underneath the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even if they have less screen time, they still feel as important somehow, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, he'd be, I, it'd be, you could put Tarantino's name in front of any property, and I'd be interested. So that's not right. really a great answer, but yeah. Um, God, I feel like there was something just recently that I saw and was like, holy, this is an amazing ensemble director. Is it something that we saw? Or no? may, I don't, I, I can't recall. I just feel like in the past six months, I've had this conversation with somebody about like, holy shit, what an amazing yeah. ensemble cast and like, you know, uh, just group performance for this piece. So. Uh, so you're saying Quentin Tarantino. I'm going to, you know what, just because... <laughs> Uh, just because I'm still so enamored with him and I would just love to see, this is such like a, you know, out of left field pick. Okay. But that would be so incredible to see is like, what would Pavel Pavlikovsky do with an X-Men movie? I don't, I don't know what he would do with it, but it would be 80 minutes and I'd be fucking crying at the end of it. Well, that's all I know. You know what? When they were first before X Men First Class, like they were doing these X Men origin movies, which is where the first Wolverine movie came from. But yeah. they were doing one with Magneto, where it was going to be oh. X Men Origins Magneto. Okay, right. So had they gone that route, if I could do a little superhero time travel, yeah, Pavel Pavlosi. Oh man, that would have been amazing. Uh, oh yeah, Poland, black, black and white, four by three, Polish. <laughs> right. Jesus. Wouldn't it be, yeah. I'm just gonna go jerk off right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or, or, okay. Or other, other choice. Okay. That's a great, uh, a great augmentation. Yes. Um, or I guess this is kind of in the same vein if I could go back in time or even now if Mm -hmm. he got it, but I would like to see Darren Aronofsky get his, Oh yeah. Get his Wolverine movie. Yeah. You know, cause that That was really exciting. That was, it sounded like him doing Wolverine is just, that's a really, really evocative combination. No. Yeah. I agree. So that would be, that would be really cool to see. But um, yeah, as far as like the ensemble director, I don't know Robert Altman. <laughs> Robert Altman made an X Men, an ensemble X Men film. All right, <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, I would um, just because I'm gonna suck this movie's dick yeah. for the rest of the year. Uh, the director of uh, Monos. Oh yeah, yeah. We saw this movie called Monos at uh, Chicago Critics Film Festival last week, and it was. Fucking amazing! It was really sensational. Yes, yeah. uh, everybody should look at it. I looked up the guy right now. His name is Alejandro Landis. 
Uh, he's a Brazilian. Yeah. And I just thought all the character work from the kids that were in that movie. Uh, I think there's something there yeah. for an ensemble A lot piece. of non-actors, A lot too. of non-actors, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no. <clears throat> they were basically like, you know, the X-Men of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the organization, we'll the just organization. call it, so we don't spoil anything. Yes, yeah. right. Um, I mean, just lots of good faces, and I mean, it does a lot with... Did you remember? I just had... Well, no, I oh. just had enough. Well, kind of. This might have been it, actually. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah. Uh, fucking, I was going to say uh, Julius Avery. Guy oh, did Overlord. Overlord, yes. Young ensemble oh, cast. Hell yeah, dude. Did a great job with it. Genre material. No brainer. Julius Avery. Wyatt Earp is That's Wolverine. The guy. Yeah, oh yeah. Wyatt, oh. Wyatt Russell, sorry. Ooh. I mean, he's Wyatt Earp. He's Wyatt Earp. He's basically <laughs> Wyatt Earp. <laughs> yeah. Wyatt Earp, motherfucker. Yeah. That'd be good. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He'd Julius, be, yes. I, I think he'd be in a, a really excellent and like, like an, not only an excellent choice, but something like a, that a studio might actually do. As yes, well. like an actual. That's actually like a reasonable selection. Right, right. But no, that be, he'd be great for it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's he's actually supposed to he's actually supposed to be working on the Flash Gordon movie. Oh really? Yeah. Which oh, after okay. seeing after seeing uh, Overlord, I was m- I'm more looking forward to who more looking forward to it yeah. because of like all the elements he brought in for Overlord, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm willing oh, to go on a little bit of a, to see what you do with yeah. Flash Gordon. If they let him, because I still feel like, you know, as as hard of a left turn as Overlord takes, yes. I could still tell, like, I'm like, for this guy, this is like, this is like a seven out of 10 for this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How hard we're turning right yeah. now. <laughs> right. And if they give him, if yeah, that would be a perfect, Flash Gordon would be the perfect subject matter or material for him to work from to pull a fucking full 10 out of 10 hard left. Yes, yes. And really just go there. Right. Would be, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be fun. I yeah. would love to see that. So he's he's attached to it. He's okay. supposedly All directing right. it. Um. Cool. But uh, yeah, no, I would pick uh, Alejandro Landes. And um, I feel like I'm trying to put like the John Favreau's, the Taika Waititi's. Like, I'm trying to not think of a director that like has already done like an MCU property. I'm sure, yeah. Because I just feel like there's a, a really awesome um, like ground to be broken with rebooting the X Men. Yeah. And I feel like since the MCU has had such success now with like cosmic storytelling and going into space. I really hope that the X-Men are are taken in that direction as well, mm-hmm. but away from MCU continuity. Sure. Like, I think they can be their own thing. Like, yeah. in the most recent uh, Spider-Man trailer, there was, um, they are now revealing that uh, the snap that Thanos does, and also the there's a snap that happens in Endgame, mm-hmm. right, uh, to get all of, like, the heroes back. Um, that apparently that has, you know, torn some holes in the fabric of space. And so now there are multiverses. Okay. So I really hope that an X-Men franchise happens, but on another, in a multiverse. Oh, sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, it'd be an easy way to explain it away. It'd be an easy way to, if they ever decided to include the X-Men into an Avengers or Spider-Man, it would be an easy way to explain it. But just on another, you know. Just fringe it for me, you know. The twin mm. towers are still standing, right? Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, um, but uh, I'm just trying to think of the, of a director who would be, you know, who'd be good to like do something like super different. Shane Carruth with it. Ooh, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, one. yeah. Oh, if you want to do multiverse, yeah. like you want to get some heady shit yes. going, yeah. Call up Shane. <laughs> He'll have no interest in working on your fucking no. commercial property, but. 
If you at least said, like, we tried to get Shane Carruth, he was our number one choice for director, I'd go see your movie. Yeah, I'd be like, so I'd good, be like, you shot for the... thing's in good hands. Yeah. Yeah, at the very least. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of the other things that, like, we uh, we saw, but, uh, and who's directed them, but... Yeah, no, I really loved Monos a lot, so I feel like... Yeah, that was... I feel like a foreign director That might. was the standout yeah. of that. I mean, I only saw three movies at the festival. I mean, I'm even not having seen it, I'm going to go ahead and say In Fabric was my favorite film of that <laughs> festival. <laughs> right. But um, but Monos was excellent. Yes. Really, really excellent. So, yeah, yeah. I highly recommend that. I, I feel like I haven't so haven't seen, like, a, a very, like, thought-provoking, like, Marvel property. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I want I want something like Monos. Yeah. But, you know, integrated into, you know, a, a pro- an action property like that. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, I guess I want what some what what Brian Singer did with the first one, which clearly his X-Men movies are an allegory of, you know, being gay and, you know, coming out and being in the closet. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's something wrong with you and all this other kind of stuff. I guess I just want that next level. Yeah. You know, that that next chapter uh of you know subtext for the x-men franchise um and uh yeah i really don't know who who could do it but alejandro's my main guy right now yeah yeah i like him dude yeah yeah i mean they'd be odd if they announced he was doing uh, i mean whatever he does next i'm gonna go see but if they announced it was something like that oh it's always i thought of somebody oh what you got i really want um you know i talked talked about that movie uh fast color Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, the director is Julia Hart. Mm-hmm. I would I would love it if either a she was given. Uh, they're of course going to do a Captain Marvel sequel. Sure. She yeah. needs to fucking do Captain Marvel. Okay. Like what yeah. she did with the female characters in Fast Color, and with and them having sort of like powers as well was fantastic. Mm-hmm. She needs to be given like a big property like now. Yeah. Like she could do it, but also her doing like an ensemble piece. I, I think she could do like an X-Men, mm-hmm. you know, uh, franchise as well. So she would be my Alejandro and Julia Hart. Those yeah. are my two choices. <laughs> nice. It's always so, yeah. Uh, it's always weird making these types of picks though, because, yeah. you know, it sounds cool. And there's certain examples of that. Like I'm, you know, I still haven't actually seen the writer, uh, that movie that came out last year oh, won a bunch yeah. of indie awards, but Chloe Zhao, the director, she's doing the Eternals right. for Marvel now, <clears throat> mm-hmm. which is one of those things that like you hear it and you're like, oh, that's really cool, and then, but every time it's like falling, I fall into that trap every time. At the immediate hearing it, you're like, oh, that's really cool, and then you realize like, oh wait, no, that means I'm not getting a new so and so movie. It means right. I'm getting a new studio film. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like Ryan Johnson doing Star Wars sounded like really cool, and mm-hmm. then you think about it for a second, and you're like, oh, but he's not going to make any decisions on this movie. We're getting like, a Star Wars movie. Yeah, right. Kathleen Kennedy is still making this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and Irvin Kershner or whoever, Lawrence Kasdan or whoever the fuck. Oh yeah, is. Lawrence yeah, Kasdan. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like they're making the movie. He's yeah. just sitting in the director's chair and maybe gets to make like three decisions, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But so in actuality, you're not getting a new Ryan Johnson movie. Yeah. So it's like, it sounds cool, but it feels like a way that, you know, uh, like it feels like a way that Hollywood is trying to placate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and again, sort of like we were talking about with just checking off the box, you know, for like oh, female yeah, empowerment. Yeah, yeah. It feels like, oh yeah, diversity check, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. We hired the person, but we still got, you know, the white guy's still calling all the shots though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, it'll still be a, you know, a Fox X-Men movie mm-hmm. or whatever franchise it is. So it's like, yeah, it'd be really cool if somebody like, yeah, you know, Julius Avery or, um, 
uh, Julia Hart or whoever, you know, got one of these movies. But then at the same time, you're like, oh, but that just means I'm not getting a new Julius Avery movie or Julia Hart movie. I'm getting whatever this studio decided was an acceptable next X-Men movie. Right. Just with their name on it. Yeah. You know, so they can get a career bump. And then hopefully from there they go to make something that I care about. But, Mm -hmm. you know. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, Ryan Coogler is kind of a, I think, a oh, perfect yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah, I mean, I loved his first film, and then I thought he did, you know, he did a really good job with Creed and Black Panther. I'm, yeah. You know, I really, really enjoyed Creed. Black Panther I didn't really care for, but mm-hmm. just because it's, you know, it's the same as every other Marvel movie to me. Yeah. Um, I get it. Some, yeah, we've talked about this enough. But, um, uh, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, though, it's like Black Panther didn't feel like a Ryan Coogler movie to me. Right, you know, exactly. It feels like a Marvel movie still. Yeah. And I want to see a new Ryan Coogler movie, right. you know, like I want to see his follow up to, uh, you know, um, Fruitvale Station. Yeah. You know, like that's still the movie I'm waiting to see. And yeah, so yeah. some of these like younger or more interesting independent directors are getting plucked up by the studios. It really bothered because I feel like we're not seeing like the second, third, fourth films from like these independent directors because yeah. their second movie, they're going straight to Hollywood. Right, right. And being given these giant and you can't really like move backwards, you know, it. Because, like, this industry is so fickle and you're only as good as your last movie, so to speak. It's mm-hmm. like, once you make Black Panther for $200 million, it's like, it's really actually hard to go and make a $5 million movie after that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's just not... People think that it's like, oh, what, are you, like, scared or a failure? Or, like, <laughs> right, what right. is happening? Why aren't you doing... Making right. billions of dollars again? It's like, well, because I wanted to make... You know, I would love to see Ryan Coogler's $5 million movie. Um, I would love to see Ryan Coogler's... Five million dollar Black Panther, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, I mean, I like Black okay, Panther. And, and, I thought- and it should be titled that. <laughs> Ryan Coogler's five million dollar Black Panther. Like hearing, fucking in hearing you talk about hearing you talk about that 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 movie and and Ryan Coogler. I was thinking to myself like, Ryan Coogler's five million dollar Black Panther movie would take place all. In 1992, Oakland, how that movie starts. <laughs> it would be like watching. It would be like watching an old John Singleton Some movie. With, rest like, in peace. His you know? suit is like Zubas and just like, and like a starter jacket. Yeah, we would get hints of you know like Wakanda and like the city and all that other kind of stuff as a myth. But I mean, like, how crazy would it be to have you know the the now future king of Wakanda not know he's the king? Yeah, but he's living in Oakland. Right. It just starts. It just starts with a shot of him like putting on a fresh like L.A. Kings like starter hat. Yeah, and he doesn't even realize he's actually the king. He's like, damn. Yeah, Kings. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, they're, they're but yeah. Cool. So I, it's it's something that's been bumming me out a little bit. It's like I do see these exciting independent directors, and it's like, man, I can't wait to see what they do next. And it's like Kong Skull Island. Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> fuck <laughs> you know where you know I, it's like if tarantino went straight from reservoir dogs to doing you know like star trek you know ah. we never would have gotten pulp fiction we never would gotcha. have gotten fucking yeah, you know yeah. hey i like grindhouse i like death proof a lot yeah i yeah. wouldn't have gotten that movie right, that right. means something to me kill bill like none of that would have happened right you know you're like because those are all like the five to like 20 million dollar movies that mm-hmm. like nobody's making anymore yeah um and yeah, I would I would love to see more of this type of stuff. That's why Robert Eggers is making me very happy with his career progression so far. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Witch. Yeah. And like after the Witch, he probably was getting crazy offers. Oh, I sure. mean, that movie blew up. You and know, the Dark Universe was reaching out to him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm going to spend four years putting together a movie about two people going crazy in a lighthouse. Yeah. And it's like, awesome. sweet. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> 
that's the next movie I want to see from yeah. fucking Robert Eggers, you right. know, not his take on fucking the mummy. Yeah. You know, it's like, which geez. probably would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's doing Nosferatu next though. But, oh yeah, that's I mean, right. I'm, he wasn't, gonna... I'm totally down with that yeah. though. Cause he'll actually, he'll probably make it like, you know, like the F.W. Murnau mm-hmm. Nosferatu and, you know, the Werner Herzog one even, which is a very, right. you know, very much like a direct updating of that. But yeah, that very classic kind of Charoscuro, silent expressionist mm-hmm. approach to the character and the mood and everything. And like, yeah, that's what I want to see. And yeah, right. when, you, when you kind of just push people into the big leagues, they lose a chance to develop that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They would instead that what they learn instead is how to work with green screens, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm just not as interested in seeing that. <laughs> so, All right, I can anyway, see that. Anyway, rant over. That's cool. We can. It's we a good can, rant. Yeah, we can finish up the episode. It's got some. It's got. It's got. It does definitely has some positive points in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, some very valid points. Yeah. It's fun. It's like, come on, Hollywood. Like, yeah. Just instead of trying to shell out two hundred million dollars to like three directors, mm-hmm. like I don't know, maybe. Take one of those two hundred million dollar chunks and just give like ten million to like twenty directors. Yeah, see yeah. what happens. I would Spread like some ma- seeds. I would yeah. like to maybe see uh, the the guy Dave Filoni, who's he's an animator, mm-hmm. but he's done a lot of he's he he did all of uh, Clone Wars. He's oh, uh, yeah. you know like head writer producer on that, and he did Rebels. I believe he has maybe like a producer credit on the Star Wars Resistance, which I haven't watched at all. It's like a three D animation oh, okay. uh, new one that they have out, but. With the new show that's coming out on Disney Plus, The Mandalorian, he's actually directing one of the episodes. Oh yeah, that's and right. And so it'll be his first directorial directorial debut for like live action. Um, but I would like to see him do, you know, um, I'm sure he'll do plenty more Star Wars, but something not Star Wars mm-hmm. would be pretty interesting. I feel like um, maybe even like Brad Bird. You know. Oh yeah. I feel like Brad Bird's been in like live action movie jail for a little bit, uh-huh. and I feel like. <laughs> People should fucking cut him a break, and yeah, you know, after Tomorrowland, yeah, yeah, you know, which take it easy, people. Tomorrowland wasn't a fucking mess. You just none of you have hearts. Just yeah, watch that movie again. <laughs> all right, please. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah. Other than that, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie. Uh, my sisters and I have all watched. We've gone to the movies and seen all the X Men movies. Yeah, so we're gonna go see these. I don't think I'm going to do this in IMAX, but I think we're going to do it in Dolby Dolby Cinema. Okay. We're yep. going to do a Dolby watch. It will be loud. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see. I can't wait to hear those machine guns around Magneto uh-huh. <laughs> going off. <laughs> be really awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, that's all I got for uh, Dark Phoenix. I feel like there was something else. Oh, also, if you don't know by the trailer, Jennifer Lawrence clearly dies in this movie, so... Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. I mean, they made a point of... Which, you know what? I'm actually kind of fine with them showing that in the trailer. Yeah. Like, I think... I think if it's... I think trailer-wise, if any any other studios can take something from from this move, is to, you know... I felt like for the first time in a while, there was an actual, like, there was, like, stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, no one is safe in this, in this movie. You yeah. Know? So I highly doubt that Dark Phoenix wins and just murders... Xavier, Magneto, and everybody in this movie. Yeah. But and it goes like, to space jail. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes to space jail, right? But I'm kind of hoping that, you know, like with the reveal in the trailer that like clearly, you know, 
Dark Phoenix kills Mystique. Yeah. And she dies. Hopefully that means they have more up their sleeve. Right, yeah. exactly. But they're not afraid to give that away. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And yeah, no, it's it's a good point. It does really kind of just even from the trailer standpoint raise the stakes quite a bit and make yeah. you feel like, oh shit, no, anyone could be off. Maybe I should pay attention yeah. to this one, you know, that is not too high on my list, but clearly they're just telling me that someone dies in this. So, yeah. you know, I mean. It, also, it does feel a little bit like they're just swapping female leads. Oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's true. Uh, we can only have one. You got all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think it might be pretty cool to, uh, uh, you know, in the last stand, it was Wolverine that saves the day because Wolverine is the only one that can be damaged and heal quickly mm-hmm. by what you know the Phoenix does to him. Right. Yeah. Now we ain't got Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know that's another thing I'm interested in is even the end of this trailer. Like, the setting looks eerily similar to the end of Last Stand. Oh, man. So I'm okay. just wondering, yeah. like, how are you How are you going to defeat her? <laughs> you know? And I think, in my mind, the only person that can defeat her is Xavier. Maybe they'll... Oh, yeah. And I wonder if Xavier, if they have, like, you know, a mental battle that basically, like, kills him. That, that would be, like, an oh, interesting sure. send-off. It'd be like the end of Scanners. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Do this the scanner way. Right. Suck Ex- your brain dry. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also, or another acceptable conclusion to this film would be if they pull a Spaceballs move oh. and go, let's pull out X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and see how we oh, defeated her. Oh, shit. <laughs> and That'd then be just awesome. play the end of X-Men 3, and they're like, all right, we'll just do that. Yeah. And everyone agrees, and they're like, yeah, cool. And then the credits just roll. It's like, we don't need to see, you don't need to see it happen. That'd be pretty fantastic. Just, yeah. Or just cuts into Last Stand yeah. in the middle of it, <laughs> just, you know? They hit play, and then it just comes up full yeah. screen. You watch the end of Last Stand, and then the credits roll. I'd, I'd be it's over. I'd yeah. bet money that people would be like, they wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, people would be sitting there and be like, damn, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, wouldn't even know it was a completely other movie. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my hope. Xavier dies, potentially leaving Magneto with having to be the father figure now for these Lost right. Mutants. I don't know. But then you have a post credit scene where he's like resurrected in another body. Wasn't that at the end of X-Men 3? Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that and was. And then like at that, right in the end credits, they're like, no, 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 but he's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's like, why? Why do that? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to our wonderful episode here. Yeah. Fucking tapped out. You got anything else? No, I'm done. Get me out of here. Turn this infernal machine off. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone.